0: It's a turnover. Here come the Rockets. Getting out of practice, it down.
1: Starting at Faith season two, we got another special guest here with us today. Definitely appreciate you taking the time out. We got a professional basketball players play in the NBA, the NBA G League. And also overseas in europe former yale bulldog he's also an entrepreneur co-founder of the app jimble he's also a content creator at TikTok. ladies and gentlemen we have trey fields with us today how you feeling today trey
0: yes sir that was that was great i'm feeling good thanks for uh thanks for having me
1: yeah absolutely bro definitely no doubt like i said definitely appreciate you taking the time out you know um like i mentioned big fan of your story bro again and uh you know we're definitely getting into everything from an ivy league champion at yale in the NCAA tournament birth to enter in this tough world of professional basketball. Talk about your journey and some of the adjustments you had to make coming from you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I feel like a lot of people, they talk about my college career and they're they're like, you know, three year starter, two time NCAA tournament birth. That seems like successful. I actually felt like I underachieved personally uh, on the court in college. And um, I mean, it was kind of a product of me just buying into a role and we were winning games. So like I'm a team player. I've always been a glue guy, but I could also score the ball. I could also facilitate a high level. And sometimes you just have to, you know, you can either buy into a role or you can be unhappy with your situation and, and transfer or something like that. Um, so I just stuck it out. We won games and I, and I always truly felt like hard work and winning was just going to get me to where I wanted to go after college. People were going to look at my resume see what I bring to a team that doesn't happen on the stat sheet. So um it was definitely a, a real high for me just ending, you know, senior year with the championship and being able to pursue opportunity in professional basketball. But right after that high, there's there's lows that that follow. So um last game of the of the Ivy League playoffs, the championship game, I I tore a lick or I like sprained a ligament in my in my toe. Mm-hmm. And I should have been out for like like two months, two, three months after that ended up playing the first round against LSU only played like 12 minutes. Cause I just couldn't go like physically I, I had to, I couldn't, I had to shut it down. Um, So that was kind of scary. Cause that's the moment where, you know, you can make a run and your stock goes up and we yep, definitely okay. had the pieces to to do that. We only lost LSU by four. And I felt like I could have played a huge role in just getting us to that, you know, Cinderella type of zone, which helps you for post post-college opportunities. Um, so just after college, I mean, it was a real, a real eye opener. I think one of the biggest things was I realized I was attributing all my happiness to my college success. Yeah. Um, which is, which is definitely a huge learning experience. So we can talk about that in a little bit if you want.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And no doubt about that. Um, and I actually read in an interview that someone had did with you, um, you kind of had a moment. Pretty much in your life and career where you chose to, you know, not attach your success with the game of basketball to your personal value as a, you know, as entrepreneur, as a brother, as a son, you know, a lot of these things. And it's a very, you know, delicate topic that is not talked about enough, in my opinion, because it's like, you know, we have these ups and downs in our career. And it's like, you know, if you're attaching your whole soul, your whole being to that, you just going to be this all day, every day, every time you you know, have a bad game, every time you have a bad practice, injury, you know, a lot of the times, you know, that's what, you know, it'll take us on that high roller coaster, high and low. You know, like you mentioned, you did have a few ups and downs in your career. Um, I read an article, you know, you got cut, was it pretty early in in the G League season at one point?
0: Yeah, so I I got drafted in the G League draft uh, by Windy City, which is the Mm -hmm. Bulls affiliate, you know that. Um, And I remember I got there uh, for the first week of training camp like day three I'm looking at my phone I see an article PJ Dozier and Bo Bo getting sent to Windy City during training camp so when you're trying to make a roster the last thing you want to see is two active NBA guys come in and join the and join the squad so Mm -hmm. I was like I almost didn't even unpack my suitcase after that because I knew uh, what was about to happen and sure enough Mm -hmm. like the next morning or two um I had to go ahead and head on home back to Charlotte but it wasn't the end of the world because that is where, uh, you know, the jimble, the jimble story began. So it ended up working out in a real cool way.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, one thing I definitely, um, it's crazy, like how all of those things like kind of come together. Um, especially, you know, we just keeping the faith and, um, you know, continue to press on and not give up when things don't initially work out. Um, so like I mentioned, from being cut, you actually, you know, like you said, time progressed, you created jimble, you actually ended up on a summer league roster with the Houston Rockets, you know, you actually um, entered training camp in with the Charlotte Hornets as well. So throughout this whole time, like how pivotal was your faith? Like what was the main motivator that, you know, kept you focused to, okay, I'm going to continue to get in the gym. I'm going to continue to get my work in and, you know, trust that it's, this whole thing is going to work out one day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just, so to answer to finish the answer for your question that you led with just like, how was the transition from college to the pros there was a long time from May, which is when I graduated, to October, which is the G League draft. And mm-hmm. for people that don't know the basketball timeline, usually you know if you're going overseas or not by around August, mm-hmm. September. Um so I really had like just months where I didn't know which route I was going to take. And then the last 2 months specifically of that where before I got drafted, it was I was in limbo, big limbo. <laughs> yeah. Like and and I just had a lot of time by myself. I was seeing people who I knew I was better than getting overseas opportunities, starting their careers off strong. And I was just like, man, I like I don't even know if I'm going to be in the G League. Um, so I really just had to look in the mirror and just and just establish who I am as a person and, and really figure that out. Because I was like, look, I, if I don't play another minute of basketball professionally, I want to wake up happy. I want to wake up with, with joy. In my heart, and I just felt like the up the turmoil of not knowing was just like getting crazy. And I was like, All right, I gotta do something, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta change some type of way of thinking to like, you know, hit this marathon.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's very powerful, too, man. Cause, like I said, I mean, I keep going back to it, but um, it's very powerful to, you know, not attach all this basketball because like the game is just so up and down, bro. I mean, I've shared a lot of the same circumstances you've been in yourself, and um. One thing that helped me out was just saying like you still like hey you know i gotta cut this out bro like i'm not trying to live on the up and down scale every single day because it's basketball it can be inconsistent at times you know even guys who are you know in the league making a lot of money you know they even deal with personal struggles and it's like you know that's why it's very key to not you know attach that success to you know the game per se you know attach it to family you know whatever your you know your main motivator is and who you are as a person not you know as a basketball player so moving into denmark you actually end up signing over there in europe you played a few games and then you had a season in the injury one thing that i do respect about that is that you know a lot of times like we have injuries and we just go into this this small shell you don't talk to nobody we don't even open up to social media you actually had a video on TikTok, you know talking about the injury that i did like was it 1.3 million views or something like that pretty quick yeah. Um, talk talk about just that whole process from the the season end, the injury, into you know leading that into a birth in content creation with TikTok.
0: Yeah, so my TikTok journey actually goes back further than than me getting injured. Um, mm-hmm. uh, man, this the story could go a million different ways. I'll try and yeah. I'll try and say it uh, in one nice little story. So uh after I got waived from the Chicago Bulls G League, I was home. And the the GM was like, you got a one-way flight, like anywhere, where do you want to go? And I didn't want to go to my hometown, to Charlotte, because yeah. a lot of people were proud of me, you know, I got all the love and the, yeah, like, you know, we're happy. And I just couldn't look those people in the eye, bro. Like, to be honest, I didn't want to go back and train at my high school mm-hmm. and have the teachers and families and parents that I knew, yo, what's up? You, you back I already? Like, it. I, I just couldn't. That. I couldn't look them in the eyes. Um, so I went and what I did was I hid, like uh, I went to in. I went to Dallas to train and I was living with my cousin and I wasn't posting. People thought I was still in Chicago. Um, and I was just honestly like afraid to just let the world know that I didn't make my goal. Right. Like, right. I failed. I was scared. Um, and after a couple, uh, a couple months down there, um, I got an opportunity to go to, the swarm uh so that's what i ended up getting signed and finished the season with greensboro swarm um and when i was down in dallas man i just realized i was like i don't want to be in this this trench of i'm hiding because i go to the swarm and get cut what i'm gonna go hide again like no i can't live like that um so it's just mentally like that was a huge breakthrough on just learning how to, like, own up to your shortcomings, because I'm putting myself out there, and that, like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to do. It's
1: easy to hate. It's very hard
0: to be vulnerable,
1: especially with those setbacks and, you know, being cut from a team. Like, it's almost like you got to kill your pride to do that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. as you you was going on, I'm sure that has helped, like, millions of people, bro, like, really.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, so that injury video, athletes across the world, kids, grown people were tapping in, like, yo, I needed to see this. I just – Tore my ACL, I just or whatever. Um, so just to finish the timeline on on how TikTok and social media got involved. I uh, Greensboro. I didn't play my first four games because there was no practice. Like I was just there, like in the locker room, just feeling weird. Um, and then uh, Kobe Simmons had a high ankle sprain, so they needed a point guard. I'm like I guess we're gonna, I guess just throw throw him out there, right? <laughs> Ended up killing, made the most Mm -hmm. of my, it was like four games. It was killing um, for the minutes that I had. And on game number five, COVID. Wow. (laughs) Big COVID, bro. So imagine me like finally fighting and clawing my way up to get back to the G and then COVID. Just like that. Just like that. Um, So on day three of COVID, I ended up downloading TikTok. um, And the rest is kind of history. And we can get into like the social media side of things. But I pretty much had a year long head start on like all these content creators you see. I was doing this when it wasn't cool. Way back <laughs> when it was the original,
1: cool. the original OG with it really. Done. <laughs> yeah. To <thank laughs> so me, mm-hmm. yeah. To I me mean, now it's like you see that a lot. Like, uh, you know, TikTok is, you know, obviously very popular now. Same thing with Instagram. I'm not on Twitter, but I know Twitter has always been popular, you know, from my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of like, the tiktok like what because this wasn't even a question in there but i was thinking about as you said it you know what was your mentality behind it was it always you know just to you know relate to other people in terms of your posting or was it you know what what was the main goal behind you know getting to the whole content creation with tiktok
0: for sure so to start off it was really just a way to stay competitive right no more season no more nba season Mm -hmm. i'm a competitive person i've always liked. Media. I've always been creative. Never really had an outlet to put it because I was just focused on basketball. Right. um So now there's no hoops for like <laughs> the foreseeable future. I was like, all right, let's let's get on here and, and see what it's talking about. And I just saw a lot of people who I felt like I was more creative than that were getting mm-hmm. more views. And I'm like, hold on, man, this ain't right. I'm about, <laughs> to, I'm about to figure out what's going on with this whole TikTok thing because I'm trying mm-hmm. to compete. Like I don't really care about the clout. It's just I want to say that I worked for something and was better than you at, at whatever. Mm-hmm. Um So. I hit some viral videos, trick shots, creative little stories, little trends. And I got to a hundred thousand followers like quickly because nobody was really creating. Everyone was just downloading the app, watching, because they yeah. were stay at home. So I got to a hundred thousand really fast. And then that's when I was like, All right, when basketball does come back, I can't sustain this level of content creation. I can't be it was taking me like five hours a day yeah, to like that's how be. <laughs> trick shots and tell these crazy like video visuals I was doing like just all that I was like bro once the season comes back I need to find a lane that's more sustainable Mm -hmm. um so I reached out to this girl who I knew who worked at YouTube and she really just put me on game on like essentially looking back at it the whole how to be brandable how to be an athlete the NIL yeah she gave me that talk a year before NIL existed so um it was really just perfect timing on that and I guess the motivation shifted to All right, bet. I've had my last nine months have been crazy. I've had to learn a lot. Let me give back to people who look like me, who, you know, really specifically, like for me, it was young black kids, young black boys Mm -hmm. to just let them know, like, look, your worth isn't defined by hoops. Your worth isn't defined by an album. Um, I'm doing all like all of these things at a very high level. And I just want to be transparent. And that's kind of been the vibes uh, ever since that hundred K mark
1: yeah facts and uh you know shout out to you again bro because like you know a lot of times like as african-american males especially in america bro like we're we're so boxed in like society tries to box us in and you know obviously the main two things are being an athlete or a rapper and it's like let's branch off like let's do content creation like let's make something else more vibe value- now nah, i wouldn't even say more valuable but you know we can't just you know allow ourselves to be boxed in you know perfect example of that you know, in most succeeded highly in multiple areas. So, you know, shout out again on you on that, bro, for sure. You know, also leading into that giving back to your community has been, you know, a goal of yours, I'm sure through entrepreneurship with your app, Jimbo, you're the co-founder of that, like I mentioned, um, how did Jimbo exactly go come about Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how have you been able to give back and, you know, be able to help your community by the app or through the app?
0: For sure. So Jimbo came about right when I finally, uh, I finally made, made my way back to Charlotte eventually, right? I came out of hiding um, and, and Jimbo was there because I was looking for spaces to train at. And gym access was really hard because it was October. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually November. So winter sports were picking up and I was just like bouncing around, trying to trying to get in somewhere. Mm-hmm. People were dubbing my texts, missing emails. Like I was trying to email the rec centers and, you know, do the whole the whole dash where you're just trying to find new spaces. Ended up finding two new spaces that I've never heard of before. And I lived in Charlotte. I was raised in Charlotte. So I was like, man, I, I wish I had some app. Like you know, I literally just said it like that. I was like, I wish there was an app where I could have just been found this because I've been struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just joked and I was like, well, I just got cut from Chicago. I got a lot of free time. Uh, so I actually started building that like in Dallas when I was in hiding. and And really, when I got picked up still, I was just chipping away at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it just took a while. It took like a year to, you know, raise money and add my own money, bringing co-founders. So to people that don't know, Jumble, we started as like the Airbnb for athletic spaces to help people find uh, rentable facilities. Mm -hmm. And then when we launched last summer, people saw more value in it than we did. So we've expanded from just rentals to helping you connect directly with trainers and group workouts and uh, community fitness and athletic experiences so um it's kind of like a whole ecosystem now but that was how it started just because I was struggling you yeah. know like I'm gonna fix it for myself and at least I'm at least I'm gonna have it in Charlotte because I know enough people in Charlotte to to make my life easier yeah facts and uh you know
1: shout outs again again I keep going back to it because it's like you're doing so many like a lot of great things like a normal athlete I wouldn't even box you into the athlete because you're obviously more than that but a lot of guys, they don't even think about doing all of these extra things as strictly, you know, as, as obviously as professional athletes, this is, oh, basketball, 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 or whatever sport you plan through your learnings. Obviously, you know, just through life and again, basketball, you've been able to branch off and do all of these great things, bro. So again, I keep going back to it, but shout out to you again. Yeah, um, man. so yeah, man, like I said, Trey, I definitely appreciate you taking the time out and everything, bro. Really, you know, have my platform out as well. Is there anything that you would like to lead the fans with today?
0: Yeah, man. I feel like this, you know, it's the, it's the you faith hoops pod. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to just touch on that piece a little bit. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's like where, that's honestly where it started for me was like, bro, I want, I want God to, to view me as a success. What does that mm-hmm. look like? And I joke with my friends all the time and I, you know, we'll be chatting late nights. That's, I look back and that's where it started. Like all of this, all this extra stuff came just because I put God first. And right. I think that's just like, it's hard to, it's hard to, commit to every single day right and like it's hard to just make every right decision but i'm just like yo what is my north star who am i making happy like who am i trying to appease is it of god or is it just for cloud or for you know people that are my age so that's that's really like how i'm able to even sit here and say i'm doing all these things it's not really like me it's just i'm just working hard and having faith that doors will open absolutely bro and like
1: i said uh you know, it's kind of a similar story with me, Um, because you faith actually stands for unbreakable faith. I don't know, I do even know if I share that with you, but um, it's just like the same things, the same exact pieces. Because it's like I don't want nowadays that I see the other side, the greater side of this whole thing that we call life, right? I want to be, you know, successful in God's eyes. It's not even about the clout no more. It's not even about trying to look acceptable for my peers. It's just like okay. You know it's something that god put in my heart you know i'm gonna dive into the same thing with my brand and my my vision with this too um having a podcast because i'm not even the camera dude like i'm not somebody that do content creation like mm-hmm. i've been on canva making all these different things like daily and it's like i don't who is this i went to school t- to study criminal justice like but it's just like that's something god put in my heart and um obviously you know we share that piece too you know you're diving into those things and within that it's like that's Holds way more greater value than anything you could personally achieve for yourself. So, you know, like I said, bro, I definitely appreciate you taking the time out, man. I definitely look forward to airing this one for sure, bro. For sure, man.
0: I I appreciate the. the-